thank you, Chairman Scott and Chairman Sablon and Ranking Members Owens for granting me the opportunity to participate in uh, what is really a critically important hearing today. Now, throughout the course of this pandemic, more than 160,000 children have lost a parent, grandparent, or primary caregiver due to its disparate impact on Black, Latinx, American Indian, and Alaska Native children were more than four times likely to lose a loved one. A recent report showed that Black and Latinx girls were more likely to have to take on primary caregiver roles for younger siblings and cousins, and more likely to work as frontline workers over the course of the pandemic. The anxiety and the psychological toll has led to sharp spikes in attempted suicides and other mental health crises. The unprecedented hurt, harm, trauma, and grief that our young people are carrying in their emotional backpacks is undeniable. Now more than ever, our students need safe, nurturing, and healing school environments where they can learn and thrive and feel safe most of all. But for too long, our schools, instead, they have been sites for criminalization and punishment, discriminatory and harsh discipline policies which push our students, particularly Black, Latinx, Native American girls, and Black girls with disabilities out of the classroom and into the school to confinement pathway through suspensions and expulsions at damning and alarming rates. Ms. Harper, do you believe this pandemic induced youth mental health, uh, this pandemic has induced youth mental health challenges and unprecedented levels of childhood trauma and that that will exacerbate the school push out crisis? Um, so two dynamics here. The to to your first question, um, I, I said before in my testimony, you, you say one hundred and sixty thousand children, you know, have lost a, a, a parent or grandparent. I noted, you know, one in five hundred as of June twenty twenty one, and that preceded uh, the Delta and Omicron um, variants. Um, the loss of a parent. Um, is well known, well established as an adverse childhood uh, experience. Um, with without knowing the the research jargon, I think many people would agree that the loss of a parent um, is destabilizing in a young child's life. Um, and we know that you know traumatized um, young children, um, they have they they can experience different kinds of challenges. Being you know forming relationships. Um, processing language. Um, so there's there's the potential for academic barriers um, and externalizing behaviors. Uh, also a potential for them to withdraw, um, you know, from, you know, within their classrooms. Um, so we, we have to create contexts where we are in a position of, of asking why when we see a child's ch behavior changing their academic performance shifting, rather being in a stance where, again, those narratives are really important here, assuming a disrespectful child, a child that doesn't care about their education. The narratives we use about young children matter and they drive how we respond. To create supportive schools, our narratives need to be about asking why and getting to the root challenges behind whatever behavior we're seeing with a young person. Thank you. Exactly right. As we as we've uh, you know uh, often uh, spoke about the need for these trauma for learning communities to be trauma informed, and the question is not uh, you know what's wrong with you, but but what happened to you uh, instead. And in fact, my 
My Ending Push Out Act would help to do just that by supporting states and schools that commit to ban these discriminatory discipline practices and instead invest in trauma-informed care and supports and restorative justice programs and more. My bill would also strengthen the Department of Education Civil Rights data collection so that we can spot these harmful trends and increase resources for its offices of civil rights so they can hold districts accountable for violating students' civil rights. Uh, Ms. Craven, why is it important that we strengthen data collection on disparities in exclusionary school discipline and other punitive discipline methods like corporal punishment? Why does the data matter? Data matter because they allow us to have a full picture of what's happening in our schools. Um, we need to know data overall, and we also need to understand data um, disaggregated by different student groups and how um, different student identities intersect. So what does discipline look like for black boys with disabilities, for example? And having that data give us uh, gives us a richer picture of what is happening to students so that we can understand why it is happening, change our policies and practices, and make sure we're investing in the tools that schools need in order um, to stop those harmful practices. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that that which gets measured gets done. So that that is uh, why we need the uh, the trans the data and the transparency of that data. I mean, truly, the the only receipts that matter in this moment because we can't stop just at data are policies and budgets. And for too long, the federal government has been complicit in subsidizing the criminalization and over policing of our children. Thank, uh, thank you, you Mr. Chairman. All right, thank you very much.